I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Araldo Toro. He's a veterinarian and alumni professor at the College of Veterinary Medicine at Auburn University. Welcome to Poultry Health Today. Thank you very much for having me. Now you gave a keynote address at the American Association of Avian Pathologists meeting with somewhat of a tongue-in-cheek title. It was Understanding the Success of Infectious Bronchitis Virus. It, I take it from that title that this has been a successful virus, or at least more successful than our control measures. That is absolutely correct, yes. Uh, this is a, an extremely successful virus, not only in the U.S., but also worldwide. It's probably the most relevant virus worldwide. You now, because it's always there, in contrast to flu, for example, which is you know, a devastating virus, but flu is not always there. Bronchitis is always there. So the relevance in terms of, of econo the economic relevance, I should say, is so important. And there are so many different types of infectious bronchitis worldwide. That's the strategy by this virus, to be so successful, to vary. There are some viruses that are resistant or that are transmitted vertically from the mother to the progeny, like chicken anemia virus, for example. The strategy is to be extremely resistant, so you can't kill it. It's always there. A bronchitis virus is very sensitive in the environment, it's susceptible to light, to pH, to pH, high or low, to everything. But uh, the strategy is then to show a different face to the immune system. So you have a strain A or a strain B, and if you vaccinate against strain A, you are not protected against strain B. And you almost make it sound like a conscious decision by the virus. It, it, they, it, they see a particular vaccine, for example, and they say, well, I'm going to fake it out and go down this path instead. Viruses or populations in general are diverse. So those individuals that are more fit in that environment replicate better. This is the way they adapt. So it's just by chance, actually. In a particular environment, this particular phenotype or, or structure is more fit, and these viruses will replicate more effectively. Uh, so it's not something divine behind it, or, um, or that we could, the viruses could say, you know, we are going to do this because of, no, it's just that one of the subpopulations within this genetically diverse group is more fit in that environment. That is basic natural selection. That's how it works. Now, the industry has done, I think most people would say, a, a fairly good job of responding to this virus. I mean, there are different vaccines for different strains. Uh, and then, of course, there's cross-protection with some of the different vaccines or our autogenous vaccines. But this is a real moving target. It's hard to keep pace. What could we be doing better? Well, the industry has done a lot, but we have not been able to control it. And, you know, the first vaccines were produced in the 1950s. And here we are, still talking about bronchitis. There are so other diseases where we definitely don't talk about anymore because they have been controlled effectively. But bronchitis is not one of those. And um, it, the vaccines, they do protect, but they do have some 
problems which sometimes make the situation worse. How so? Because these viruses, all live viruses, uh, they can, bronchitis viruses, they can recombine. So if you, are, if you have a live attenuated vaccine replicating in your body and you have an infection with another, with a wild strain or even another vaccine strain, there is recombination, just like sexual reproduction among humans in the end. So that if two different strains will in, would infect the same host cell, then the progenies will be like strain A, strain B, and a third one, which is the progeny of those two. Better vaccines are the ones that will not replicate in the host, like recombinant protein vaccines, vectored vaccines, but the current attenuated vaccines are not the best solution to the problem. What we need to do is uh, invest in newer, new novel technologies. And uh, there are several that are available now. They're ex at experimental stage, I would say. And we need to keep going on those because if you apply, for example, recombinant proteins to layers or to breeders, those don't replicate. Uh, so you are inducing an immune response, but you don't have an additional virus replicating the host. Then you have, of course, recombinant virus vaccines like HVT's vaccines that are used, you know, everywhere. But there are also other vectors that could be used, which will express that particular protein in a way that the immune system will produce an immune response. So I think those are technologies that we are going to see in the future uh, and attenuated vaccines will probably go down. I remember talking to Dr. Mark Jackwood at the University of Georgia about infectious bronchitis a while back and he talked about the importance of not shooting in the dark with your vaccination program and really talked about the importance of diagnostics. What have we learned about diagnostics as it relates to infectious bronchitis? Oh, that is so important. You know, if you have the technology and the laboratories to do the work, to know what's in your, in your region, that's something we, do, we have here in the US. That's something they have in Europe. That's something they don't have in some Central American countries, for example. And if you go there and you ask them, what vaccines are you using? All of them. Because companies go there and tell them, use this vaccine. And they don't have an infrastructure to know what they have. So they just buy whatever. We don't want that to happen to the US. So we've talked about vaccination. We've talked about diagnostics. What other weapons are in the war chest, so to speak, that we can use against infectious bronchitis? Well, the, this virus is extremely sensitive in the environment. So it will be killed very quickly. And uh, biosecurity is always, you know, for every disease, extremely important. And, um, and the poultry industry knows that. Uh, uh, we, we do have some problems with other viruses, particularly because we, we reuse the litter, for example. So there's a lot of virus there, but, but not bronchitis virus. So if, if we follow biosecurity in a correct way and we use the correct weapons to protect the birds, well, it's, it's easier to say it than to, to do it, actually. <laughs>
but um, we need to get novel technologies, vaccine technologies. That's the answer, I believe. So in the meantime, what can producers do today to try to raise the bar for control programs? Well, we need to do we need to produce vaccines that are homologous to the circulating strains. And that's easy. That's, you know, old technology. We started that in the 50s. So we know how to produce a vaccine in six months. Uh, then we have, of course, inactivated vaccines. But if we are going to use a, an attenuated life vaccine, it should be homologous to the strain circulating in your area. And uh, and if you don't have the laboratories to produce that, which would be the case of several countries, then if you're going to import a vaccine, it should be similar to your wild strain. There are some products that may improve the immune responses, the immune modulators, of course nutrition of the animals and every aspect of the environment of the animal is always important. Um, and biosecurity, of course. But, and then, you know, correct use of the currently available vaccines. That is so important, isn't it? That is so important because some people tend to use, you know, lower dose just to save a little money. Let's use half the dose or a third of the dose. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. And then uh, we have recently been able to, we have been doing some studies on regarding age of vaccination. We know that if you vaccinate your birds early, the immune system is not mature. So that the response is not as good as if you vaccinate them a little later. If you have the opportunity, the possibility of postponing your vaccination, you will have a better response. And we and others have shown that. So in terms both of antibodies and even in cross-protective responses. Well, we'll have to leave it there, but I so appreciate your sharing your experiences with us, and uh, I'm glad that you had a great presentation at the AAAP meeting. Thank you so very much. We've been talking to Geraldo Toro. He is a veterinarian and alumni professor at the College of Veterinary Medicine at Auburn University. Thanks again, Geraldo.